Hey everybody, welcome to the Meddling Kids Podcast, a review of all things Scooby-Doo. I'm pretty sure I'm a worse villain than the guy in this episode. I'm Stephen Pappas. <laughs> and I'm Julie Ken. And I'm here to ask all of you, what the heck's going on? That is the name of the episode we are going to review. And it was just set to be a cheesy podcast title as well. Uh, this is episode six of season one of... Uh, Emma said, where are you, Scooby-Doo? That's not the name of this. I mean, it's the same. Scooby-Doo, where are you? Yeah, not that bad. Okay, what the heck's going on? And hex is spelled H-E-X. Ooh. God, they're sudden crafty wordsmiths. I know. So when we heard that this was the episode, my first thought last time I mentioned was, oh no, this episode is going to be all about making fun of witchcraft and, you know, modern witches and all that kind of thing and earth-based religions. They did not make fun of earth-based religions at all. No, not at all. Even though at one point I do remember thinking like, isn't this just the plot from Hocus Pocus? Right. Like at the beginning, I was just like, this seems very, it's like Hocus Pocus and Field of Dreams had a baby and Scooby-Doo ripped it off. Oh, that's exactly right. Except for one minor, a few little bits of delays in here due to other random weird things. Um, And although they didn't make fun of earth-based religions, um, they did totally get Hinduism wrong. Right. Yeah, I did notice that. So, oh, in my <laughs> I dog- studied Hinduism in college. So. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty offensive, I thought. But other than that, th- let's just say this episode was way less offensive than others. But I'm still hoping someday soon we get a Scooby-Doo episode that isn't offensive at all. That doesn't make fun of people who are different colors, different ethnicities, or different religions. It was 1969, though. So <laughs> okay. I'm not defending it Fair at enough. all. But... All right. Yeah, we should expect that it's not going to... I mean. We're looking at it from the lens of 2017. Sorry for dating our podcast there, but still, uh, it was objectionable, but we'll, we'll get into it. It wasn't quite as horrifying as last time, but it was horrifying and creepy because um, it starts with an old spooky house. I know you're all shocked and it's dusk. And Stephen, are you still there? I am still here. Okay. Sorry. I was just, I was looking at my notes and like everything I've written for the first like five minutes is just like, this is everything from the opening credits. Like literally every image <laughs> yeah. we are seeing is the opening. Like the- they took the entire opening credits from this episode. Yeah. No, much of this episode is, yeah, is right in there. They got the roller skates. You got the shower, all that stuff. Okay. It's spooky house. Guess what the weather's like? It's dark and gloomy. Yes. And there, then we see the camera panning next to a graveyard. And then we see a sequence that I would like to return to at the end of the episode so that we can understand it better. But we okay. hear a man's voice chanting, come, come. And um, it's not erotic. It's more like menacing. <laughs> I and- wasn't going to take it there. But- <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, yeah, me neither. Yeah, no, not no. At all. <laughs> Who would? That's weird. Well, everyone um, listening would probably expect me to be the one to. Julie, Julie. No, I'm the good one. Anyway, <laughs> um, from the graveyard, we see a bat. Ah! 
And yeah, bats are always spooky in this show. And I really like bats a lot. They're, they eat mosquitoes. They're awesome. They're mice with wings, but cuter. And they eat fruit and stuff. Anyway. Okay. I don't, I don't know how I feel about bats. bats. They're, they're like furry birds. I don't like them. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. I guess I can see why you're not a big fan of them. Okay. So we see uh, this guy walking through the graveyard and, Oh, gosh. He has his hands in front of him walking like a zombie, and his eyes are open. Um, And he is a hipster. He's wearing Warby Parker glasses, um, (laughs) a brown suit, and he has a manicured Van Dyke beard. I had to look up what that is. Do you know what that is? I do know what that is because I'm a comic book nerd, and that's what Green Arrow and Robin Hood had. Oh, yeah. yeah. So how would you describe that to our listeners? Um, you know, all those portraits of William Shakespeare, you see, uh-huh. like, it's kind of like that. He's got the, like, uh-huh. it's, it's the beard with the mustache that like comes out and like up a little bit. And it's like really, really well done. And you can see it at any coffee shop in downtown Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. But there's like not really a mustache, right? It's like a, cir- it makes your head look like a circle of hair. Wait, no? maybe I'm maybe I'm messing up. Maybe that's not, maybe I've been thinking this entire time that a Van Dyke beard is something very different. Well, my brief Google search indicated because I searched, "What do you call a beard with no mustache?" And I'm I'm googling right now. Okay, what, we I'm need googling to know, Stephen. This, this is important. We got to do our research. Okay, okay, I'll in. keep going. Don't worry, guys. He'll get back to us, and it's really nicely manicured. Okay, so. hipster dude is walking in a trance basically eyes open through a graveyard all right that's not illegal you can do that meanwhile the mystery machine is driving through a really spooky road with like trees that look all gnarled and horrifying um and fred announces we're almost to the weatherby estate so we're going to the weatherby estate that has been established. They're there to see their friend Sharon. Um, and I would just like to say, I hope we see more of Sharon in this series because she's pretty awesome. We'll get to that later. Did you find out yet about the beard? I did. Yes, I just <gasps> yeah, I just yeah. pulled it up. A Van Dyke, also, it doesn't matter how it's also spelled, is a style <laughs> of facial hair named after the 17th century Flemish painter Anthony Van Dyke. This oh, doesn't matter. Um, duh. Everyone knew that. Any no, growth kidding. of both a mustache and a goatee with all the hair on your cheeks shaven. So oh. yeah, he doesn't have a Van Dyke. The, no, I, it was, I was what wrong. I was thinking of, like this very like Robin Hood mustache that kind of yeah. twists up at the ends with a goatee. Right. Like, I that's was a Van so Dyke. wrong. Uh listeners, I beg your pardon. But don't I have worry, a lot I of hipster scr- friends. <laughs> I I I live in Olympia, Washington, so there's quite uh, a variety of beards out here, too. Um, I did take some screenshots of I screen captures. I don't know if it's legal for me to put those on Facebook, but I'm going to do it until I get a cease and desist. So, yeah. yay! Um, that's on advice of a lawyer I know. Thanks, Olaf. Um, okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, so Mystery Machine, da-da-da, they're going to go see their friend Sharon. They're going to spend the weekend with her on the Weatherby Estate, which sounds super fantastic, the way they're talking it up. They're going right. to have tennis and lots of food. And I'm picturing, like, a pretty nice place, right? Oh, yeah. And well, what they're describing is essentially, that he, you know, Shaggy's like, we're going to tennis, eating, 
uh, swimming, eating, <laughs> dancing, eating, eating, and I'm just sitting there like this sounds like a Pappas family gathering. Aww, like that's yeah. all we do. <laughs> Aww, Greek families. Can I make assumptions? Oh yeah, no, definitely Greek, and that's definitely what we do. So yeah, absolutely that's awesome. Even though we're in the south, so we don't eat Greek food. We eat, like mac and cheese but Mm, whatever (laughs) yum okay question for you so do you think there's more than one mystery van that they might have like a van pool or like um i don't know what you call it when you've got like a garage with like multiple vehicles because this mystery machine did not have any high-tech equipment in it i like to imagine that it's just one van and there's some sort of either switch that they hit that brings out all the panels like super Batman style, or they just have to lug the equipment in and out every single time, whether (laughs) they think they're going to need it or not. And I, I, I tend to like that theory better because it means that Fred's having to do so much work. (laughs) Okay. Fair. All right. Let's go with that. There's just one mystery machine. This is the, uh, empty version. In fact, shag and scuba in the back with no seatbelts. Anyway, dangerous. Sorry. Yeah, I know. The mom and me was like, oh, boys. Um, <laughs> Scooby steals and eats Shaggy's gigantic sandwich. Um, so as they're driving past the weird rundown mansion that we saw at the very beginning, have no fear, kids. That is not the Weatherby estate. This, let me just tell you right now, is the Kingston mansion. Okay. So Kingston mansion, think weird, creepy place. Weatherby estate, we'll get back to. Um, as they're walking past, they see our hipster walking in a trance towards the mansion. Okay, now most people on the way to see their friend for a weekend wouldn't really have like, I mean, maybe they would be like, ooh, look at that cool, creepy mansion. They are kind of freaking out. They're like, oh my gosh, what's he doing? Is, is he going to go into that creepy old mansion? Why would anybody ever go into a kooky place like that? Or why would it's anyone do a kooky a thing? just a man walking. And like, look who's well, talking. Yeah, exactly. How many times have they gone into a creepy mansion? Like, come on now. Maybe yeah, they- he's an amateur sleuth. <laughs> And he's a grown up. Maybe he has the, at least he's probably not breaking and entering. Maybe he owns it. Maybe he owns it. A voice was telling him to come in. I mean, I I don't think they heard the voice, but they, they are disturbed by this and they remember it. They are like, but remember, we saw a grown up man walk into a house. Okay. Put a bookmark (laughs) on that. All right. So they see Sharon at the Weatherby estate. Now, based on the fact that the Weatherbys are supposed to be a rich family, um, one would imagine the Weatherby estate to be, I don't know, something with like white columns out front and like looking real nice, right? Right. No, it's not that. No. How would you describe it? Just house. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, house. Yeah, that's good. And there's definitely parts of it where, like, I think they were supposed to be drawing it like richly. Like, they stood in front of a mantle, and Sharon's dad is wearing a smoking jacket and a cravat. I don't know, like a big fluffy tie tied around. Sorry, bumped the mic. Very big, Hugh Hefner. Very Hugh Hefner. Yes, he he was actually kind of hot. And um, oh, okay. not Hugh Hefner, the dad. Uh, uh, either way, disturbing. Um, yeah, he, and he has an unlit pipe that he carries in every scene. Ah. Uh, but but they're standing in front of a mantle with like lots of knickknacks and stuff. But 
without any explanation as they're inside the house walking around in the rest of the scenes the walls have cobwebs and all the lamps have cracks in it and the windows are all cracked i mean and it looks like a haunted house on the inside maybe the cleaning service just hasn't been by in a while oh that could be I, I was figuring either they were just using like the same backgrounds that they use for every scene in the entire series and they just wanted to save money and they were like, eh, dumb kids won't notice. Or <laughs> like in this area where they live, it's like infested with hauntings and things like that. And it's just, you know, every house automatically grows extra cobwebs. Or oh, something. I do have a theory now on where this mystery location that they live <gasps> where? in is. Um, and I will explain it a little letter later, but there were some things in this episode that made it clear to me that they are in Georgia. What? Really? What? The state, not the country. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Oh, okay. Okay. So is Georgia known for lots and lots of cobwebs? I mean, depends on who you talk to. Um, All right. Fair. Also, any listeners in Georgia, please don't come at me. Um, that was just a joke. <laughs> we have cobwebs here. There's cobwebs in my house. I never sweep. Please love me. Just not as many as are in Georgia. Right, right. Yeah. Um, okay, my, yeah, I was about to make some cracks on the Georgia peach and how it looks like a butt, but I won't. That's that not in mean. Georgia, actually. What do you mean? That's in Gaffney, South Carolina. Oh, sorry, South Carolina. <laughs> well, being from North Carolina, I, I rag on South Carolina all the time, and they do the same to us. So, yeah, it does Fair. look like a butt. Fair. It, it really does. Okay. Uh, so Sharon is super adorable and she seems like a really nice, intelligent girl. Um, and we hopefully we'll see her again after this episode. I can't remember her though. Anyway, uh, her dad explains that it might not be the best weekend for them to stay because the last few days they've been hearing really weird noises at night and uncle Stewart has disappeared. Oh no. I bet it's that guy. Now, how did you know that? Because that was the amazing. the only other character we've seen, and he was walking in a very I'm-about-to-disappear manner. Yeah, you know, Stephen, you are absolutely correct. That hipster dude is Uncle Stewart. But you are not the only smart one around here, because the Scooby gang immediately was like, oh, wait, your uncle, he's a dude, right? Because we just saw a dude, <laughs> and they're both dudes, and we saw him walking toward a house. Could that be your uncle? Because, you know, they're both dudes, and your guy's missing, and that guy's there. And so they decide to all go check it out, because logic. So, yeah, there's yeah. They, um, it's now nighttime, by the way, so they go investigate the spooky Kingston mansion at night, and they see a weird dude in the shadows. Dun, dun, dun. Who is it? It's Uncle Stewart. It's Uncle Stewart, but <laughs> he's become an old man. Which, yep. at this point, I legitimately wrote down, like, okay, well, they've given it away. It's clearly Uncle Stewart because he... It, He's become an old man. I mean, come on. Like, there's access to makeup. Like, it's got to be makeup. No, magic. Dude, magic. Magic exists. Magic is real. I'm so cynical in this Scooby universe. I'm just like, nope, it's got to be makeup. Speaking of bad makeup, um, so they see he's become an old man. And then all of a sudden, who else do they see? <laughs> um, they see a guy who has severe jaundice. He is, his skin is tinged blue and his eyes are yellow. 
And for anyone who has had jaundice or, you know, a lot of times premature babies have jaundice, you need heat lamps and lights and vitamin D. And this dude ain't got it. It is the ghost of Elias Kingston. And this ghost looks super bored. Like he is so <laughs> over it. I, I will yeah. share some a screenshot of that. Um, yeah. So be- before we see... A jaundice dude, hipster Uncle Stewart, explains that he was drawn by mysterious voice and um, through a trance into the mansion, and then he got changed into old. Um, <laughs> oh wait, maybe we we hear that later. I don't know when did when do we get all that exposition about how he magically got changed old? I think it was right before we see uh, Elias Kingston, and I may have I may have skipped ahead because oh, I was no, that's so okay. excited to talk about. This blue boy, because <laughs> when I saw him, I was just like, one, okay. And then he opened his mouth. Uh-huh. And uh, I don't know what he said, because I was laughing <laughs> and writing f- furiously. Because he's, in- <laughs> he's the oh. least intimidating voice I have ever heard in, oh my, his, gosh, in yeah. my life for a villain. He's just like, hey, like, yeah, you should get out of here. The Weatherby fortune belongs to me. And, like, seriously, throughout this entire episode, the ghost is, like, so bored. And he looks like he was a, a hefty guy when he was alive and before the jaundice killed him. And so he's like, oh, I guess I got to chase you. Okay, hold on. Let me just yep. get up out of this chair. When All it right. came to, like, villain character development, the writers really, they, they, they wrote it in on this one. They were just like, well... We're going to do this 50%. We put in the full 50% effort. Yeah. I was creeped out when they saw old Uncle Stewart because that magic is some crazy magic. But yeah, Elias Kingston's ghost. Meh. What did you call him? Blue boy? Yeah, he was he was just a beautiful blue boy. Beautiful um, he, blue boy. He looked like blue man group with hair. Like, I, I wasn't, like, real fond of it. Yeah, I was going to call him Jaundice Dude, but I like blue boy better. Let's call him blue boy and Uncle Stewart as hipster dude, okay? Gotcha. Because we want to keep all these characters straight. Yes. All right. So the dad at this point, they, they go back to the the fabulous Weatherby Estates and um, in there they they talk to hipster dude and he explains his story of how he got turned old and the dad says I'm gonna call the sheriff but oh no the phone lines aren't working so Uh yeah so he gets in his car to go to the sheriff in person now these county police are Georgia I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what county it is in Georgia, but these police are not that great because for the rest of the episode, we are still waiting for like the police to show up. And I think this episode even goes overnight and through the next morning, maybe. But I think so. Yeah. So uh, let's see. Scooby is a watchdog. They're like, well, you go get the sheriff. We'll stay here. We'll keep an eye on Uncle Stuart. We'll keep an eye on Sharon because the ghost had pretty much threatened them that he wants the Weatherby fortune. And if he doesn't get it, he's going to oldify all the rest of the Weatherbys. Now, yeah, I don't know what fortune he's talking about because if they've got cash, they are not spending it on their house. But maybe they're like like the guy in, uh, not cereal, but in... Uh, the other S-Town S-Town yeah like they've got hidden gold or something spoilers um, 
Spoiler. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Well, I, I think that's established <laughs> in like episode two of S Town. Yeah, you you all have had long enough to to see S to yeah, read. Fair. Listen, listen to S Town. Okay, Scooby does a frankly terrible job as a watchdog, and we hear the voice shouting, "Come, come!" And Uncle Stewart walks out in a trance. Um, and let's get back to this later because this is all established to like trick a dog i mean does uncle stewart and jaundice boy know that like this dog can speak english anyway uncle stewart leaves <laughs> and uh, scooby wakes up as uncle stewart is out the door he uh doesn't bark to wake up everybody he grabs a bugle off the wall and plays that and he share- has no lips he oh, has yeah. no lips yeah well do dogs have lips or just like all fuzzy well, wuzzy are they really they li- like I? If my dog were to come in here right now, yes, and play a bugle, <laughs> I'm a millionaire. <laughs> I'm going on America's Got Talent because I'm like, guess what? Ghost has got talent. And oh man, he's gonna just just he's gonna blow that horn. I'm gonna call him little boy, little boy blue, just like I'm calling our ghost that. Okay, of all the things Scooby can do, like that's the trait that you would market. Because I think yes. that speaking English is pretty amazing, but even more amazing is when he translates for other dogs. Hey, come here, Scout. Do you have lips? Uh, yeah, Scout would be able to hold a bugle like in his snout, but <laughs> in, he wouldn't be able teeth. to actually play. Yeah, in his teeth. No, my dog is not going to make me a millionaire. No, yeah. Ghost is, um. well, I don't know. He's coming in here with a bugle. Hold on. Oh, yeah. Nope. <laughs> no, he dropped it. Never mind. Uh, Continue. Sorry bad dog no just kidding ghost you're a good doggy okay. no he's not <laughs> <laughs> make your daddy a millionaire go on you can do it okay shaggy is on roller skates oh no i'm sorry i skipped way ahead so <laughs> okay <laughs> they, when, when i tell people about this podcast they always say oh so you're gonna like play in clips and and speak over it like on mst3k and i'm like no we we just kind of talk about it and try to explain it and then my friends just kind of stare blankly at me and it's probably because <laughs> of moments like this where they're like how how can anyone follow you and your retelling of this because of my amazing notes okay they they figure <laughs> that sharon is probably and uncle stew are at the kingston place so they go back to the kingston manor and they break in like you do. <laughs> B, I, I wrote down B and E so many times in my notes because I'm like, and we're breaking into here, and we're breaking into here, and we're breaking into here. Cool. Well done. Yeah. I, I guess if they were police, they would probably have plausible cause because the other dude had said, hey, I was abducted by a strange voice and oldified, but I don't know. It's still sketchy. I get that your friend Sharon is missing. That's bad. Maybe I would break in too. <laughs> all right. Anyway, l- yeah, later while Sharon's still missing, they're all having a jolly time in the mystery machine, by the way. But okay, sorry. Moving ahead too fast. I'm too caffeinated. Shaggy's on roller skates for some reason in the Kingston mansion. I'm not sure that that's ever explained. Uh, oh, yeah. If he, if there's a ghost there, he wants to be able to get out quickly. I'm exactly. sure. Exactly. I'm sure those roller skates won't lead to any debacles. Nope. And they're, by the way, during this, they're animating everyone's walk way more pronounced <laughs> to show that he's not walking. Oh, yeah. Like, so Velma is just like strutting very aggressively. <laughs> like and models. Fred is like bouncing on the balls of his feet. And I was just like, my God. They all look like just the most ragtag group of just like 
Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Models. But Maybe, like bad ones. But like but yeah, but like the worst <laughs> strut the worst ever. Models. Like they like I don't want to see their pretty turn on the catwalk. Like no. Okay, they sneak past a bookcase, and after they pass it, it slides open to reveal Blue Boy and Sharon tied to a chair and gagged, too, which was, like, a bit overkill. Um, I don't know how she's ever going to get out of that trap. The ghost follows them all from behind. Um, He uses one of those fireplace vent fan things. I don't know what it's called, but, like, you squeeze it, and it pumps air out to increase... The, like, puffer? Yeah. It's not called a puffer. <laughs> no, it's that's the word. The yeah. stoker? Sto- uh, no, that's no. like a metal pokey thing. Well, I'm thinking of poker. I don't know. It's a puffer. It doesn't um, matter. Continue. Y'all know. <laughs> yeah. And um, the the blue boy uses it to blow so much air on Shaggy that his <laughs> he's propelled forward on his roller skates. Because, like sure. I said, this ghost is not going to be running after anyone. Blue boy needs to just sit down and he looks like he's ready for some steak and potatoes basically mm-hmm. and he, he looks bloated maybe that's one of the things that happens after you die from jaundice i don't know um so <laughs> <got> real dark <laughs> sorry everybody <laughs> trigger warnings jaundice death um okay so he rolls so fast from this puff of air that he rolls into a bathtub and water sprays him. And while he's in there, we see tattered towels still on the rack. Will Shaggy dry off with those tattered towels? Will he Will he take this chance to shave his scraggly beard? We get to find out after the commercial break. I'm Wayne Pacelli, president of the Humane Society of the United States. As the nation's largest and most effective animal protection organization, HSUS is there for animals when hurricanes and other natural disasters strike. We're there raiding puppy mills, dog fighting rings, or stopping whale and baby seal hunts. We're there providing sanctuary to horses and exotic animals. We're there in the halls of Congress and state capitals, fighting for legislation to ban all forms of cruelty. We're there all across America and around the world where other organizations won't be, can't be. We urge you to support our work so you too can be there in spirit and in celebration of the joys of the human-animal bond. Visit our website at humanesociety.org to join us in our effort to help all animals. Did you like that transition? I did. I Yay! loved it. It was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and we're back. Oh, I'm leaving that in too. So now it just sounds oh. like. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. So now we've that... come back twice. Oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Um, Okay, to answer some of your questions, yes, Shaggy did dry off. We have no idea how. And B, no, he did not shave. In fact, his beard looks fuller than ever. And I took a little screen cap I'll put on Facebook for you all. It's kind of like especially big. Okay, Scooby checks out the kitchen when we're back from commercial. And he finds a dusty old bone because... Whoever lived here before used to keep an empty bone on a plate in the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. It, I know I do. 
Oh, do you? For like soup and stocks and things? Or just in case a giant Great Dane comes in after your death? Just in case I want something to gnaw on while I'm (laughs) watching Game of Thrones. Just like... (laughs) I kind of like that. Um, So he he cleans off the bone. And uh, as he's about to eat it, a giant bull... Well, it's not giant. A a fierce bulldog comes in. And this bulldog's head is like the size of the rest of his body. And he's like seriously fierce. Okay. So this is where my theory comes in, that this is all taking place in Athens, Georgia. Oh, Athens. Okay. Because that is clearly the mascot of the University of Georgia. (gasps) Um, Yes, you're right. Straight up. The big head. Gray bulldog, huge head, red collar. Like, that is Ugga, which, yes, his name is Ugga, which stands for UGA, University of Georgia. Yeah. Um, That is clearly Ugga. I mean, it's probably like Ugga 7 because I think they're on like Ugga 7 now because Ugga keeps dying. But that's as it goes with dogs. Um, <laughs> okay, okay, fair. But this fully convinced me all of a sudden of just like, oh, they're Athens. in Georgia. I could see this because Athens also has hipsters. And, you know, there's uh, some buildings and things there. And there's buildings in this episode. Now, are you saying that the entire series might take place in Athens or just they're on a day trip to Athens? I have no clue. They do seem to be on like vacation. So maybe it is a day trip. Okay. But yeah, in the Athens general area, I can see that. I like Athens. It's beautiful. I saw the B-52s and uh, um, the Go-Go's in Georgia and we stayed in Athens and it was the best ever. And I'm really old. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you some some MP3s later so you can learn about these historical music groups that I'm talking about. I know, uh, I know I, who I, these people are. <laughs> I'm just joking. Okay. Um, they So Scooby, at this point, could have used dog language to communicate with this bulldog and, like, try to get some clues. But instead, this bulldog is like, no, I ain't interested in playing. I want to bite you. And so Scooby uses the bone to, like, hold open his jaws, which is pretty clever. Um, but then they have, like, a doggy chase scene. And uh, the bad dog, I guess you should call it. I mean, there's really no such thing as a bad dog. There's just dogs who have bad humans, right? Okay, Ugga. We'll call him Ugga. <laughs> Ugga, there you go. Ugga um, is searching for Scooby, and we see from behind a curtain, Blue Boy's hand kind of pointing to where Scooby is, because, again, Blue Boy ain't going to be running around on his own. Um, no. So Ugga finds Scooby sneaking around with his head under a bucket to hide him, even though you can see his tushy. It's really cute. And um, Scooby tosses the bucket onto Ugga, who then runs into Shaggy, who's just coming out of the tub, and they both splash back into the tub. Um, Fred Shaggy can- then delivers, by the way, the worst joke I have ever heard. And what like the it? laugh track loved it. Like His line <laughs> is just like, uh, there's nothing I hate more oh than taking a shower in a haunted house. I'm like, that's not even a joke. That's not, <laughs> that is in no way comedy. But the laugh track was really enjoying that one. Oh my gosh. Oh, that, they, they always like go through, they're like, what is something here that our testers didn't find funny? Let's boost up the laugh track just to make sure the audience knows this is right. hilarious, kids. 
Um, so Fred congratulates Scooby in a very nice way, by the way. Fred is very kind to Scooby again. Uh, he says, good job, Scooby. You found a clue because a ghost wouldn't need a real live watchdog. Now we can establish there's probably nothing mystical going on here. So I'm glad that the gang finally understands that. Until they see something horrifying. They find dead Uncle Stuart. And they're like, they're talking about Uncle Stuart. And they're like, hey, you remember Uncle Stuart? Yeah. Was he wearing a blue jacket? Yeah. With a red tie? Yeah. And a something something? Yeah. And sneakers. And then they po- they point and it's like, like that? And then they show the like skeleton man of Uncle Stuart. And he is not wearing that. He's wearing like a red suit with like a blue tie it's the opposite of what they've said yeah no and yeah i was they, just like no you know who was wearing that outfit um daddy mcweather money whatever his name was um at the beginning <laughs> the one that you daddy liked McWeather so much money. that you were so Hot daddy so, mcweather money yeah exactly oh god let's not call him that i don't <laughs> daddy no McWeather needs money? to be called hot daddy McWeather. okay can i, I take <laughs> I am going to call him Daddy McWeather Money for now on, though, because I I like that. So Daddy McWeather Money is theoretically still getting the police and sheriff. He doesn't even know that his daughter is missing yet. The ghost warns them all again, like, hey, can you all leave? Because otherwise I'm going to oldify you all. And I mean it for real. And I need all that (laughs) money. So go out, bring me the fortune or else you're all dead. Super lazy. He's really phoning it in, too. Totally. Okay, the gang leaves the house, but they're still spying to see what happens next. And then we see Blue Boy walk into the mausoleum, but he's also walking with his arms outstretched like a zombie. But uh, (laughs) there's nothing in the continuity of this episode that would suggest he would do that. Right. No, nothing. I mean, unless there's like um, even other more superior ghosty kind of dude. And like if he's doing that to trick the kids, because spoiler, he's not really a ghost. Um, Sorry, everybody. Uh, Then oh, and there's a dog huffing behind me. Hello. Thank you, Ladybird. Huffing like huffing feet like paint. (laughs) No, like, you know how those big bugle playing dog lips sometimes get stuck like in your snout? mouth and so you gotta get them all out nice and fluffy and you just go yes i understand i was just concerned i was like you need to get on that stop recording we will deal with this later you need to make sure that your dog is not abusing any sort of um scooby snacks any sort of drugs or highs or anything yeah um yeah so in this episode scooby does eat scooby snacks i believe which yeah he does you know but he doesn't have he chomps them oh yeah that's right Okay, so he's a zombie too, potentially. So the kids are like, ooh, that guy who just warned us he's going to kill us is in the mausoleum. Let's go in there and check it out. Now, have you ever had a fingerprint kit? I have not, no, because I I had a life. Um, no. <laughs> I, I have a fingerprint kit. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Thanks. Or am I? Um, yeah. no, no. I, I mean, I had a rock polisher as a kid, so I can't oh, say okay. anything. 
Well, my fingerprint kit was a gift the tooth fairy left for my six-year-old. She's really into science and stuff. And so we, we dust for fingerprints once in a while. Uh, cool. l- let me just explain for the audience. When you dust for fingerprints, you dust because you want to like look at the fingerprints and compare them to printed fingerprints. Fred, completely clueless here. He does not get it. So they want to sneak up and dust for fingerprints. They have, thank you, Ladybird. Velma has a fingerprint kit on her, which Fred commands Shaggy. Again, Fred's back to like, you know, bossing around the others again. He's doing it more yeah. kindly, though. I think he must have had an awakening at some point. Um, he he commands Shaggy, use Velma's fingerprint kit to to dust for fingerprints. So Shaggy's clueless, too. First, he just dusts Velma's hands, and they're like, oh, ha, 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 ha. That's not how you do it, Shaggy. And even Scooby laughs at him in, like, kind of a mocking, not very nice way. I didn't really love that. And I especially didn't love it when clearly Fred doesn't know what he's doing either. Because after they dust the doorknob, he looks at it and says, just as I thought, there's fingerprints on there. And then he uses his hand to open the door. No. And the thing is, Daphne's like, so clearly it can't be a ghost. And I got real defensive of that. I was like, you don't know Daphne. Ghosts could have fingerprints. Like, we, we, we don't know. That's a paranormal science that we haven't delved into yet. So don't sit there and claim to be Miss Ghost. Like, That's you don't right. know. The, the literature is is unclear on this point, Daphne. Let me assure you. Daphne. The peer-reviewed record. Plus, if a ghost had just vanished through the door, the fingerprints would show, like, the caretaker's fingerprints and other people who right. had humans, who live ones from previous. <coughs> anyway, Daphne... Gosh, she's so stuck up sometimes. I'm starting to understand the Daphne hate that we see even later in the episode, but just throughout the series. I still want to give her a chance, but this series, this episode, I was like, all right, thanks, Daph. Maybe she's jealous because Sharon is like super adorable and frankly, not as much of a screw up as Daphne is. And so she's like on edge. I don't know. I think she's jealous because Velma and Fred are having a secret affair and Shaggy is their love child. I've told you this is happening. I have more proof later. Okay. We'll get to that. Uh, Fred (laughs) opens the door with his bare hands, obscuring all the fingerprint data. And by the way, I am intrigued, Stephen. Okay. Bats. Oh, one bat flies out of the door. Um, Fred says, Scooby, sniff around for a ghost. Scooby does not want to do this because... He just saw Blue Boy go in there, and he doesn't want to get ageified and skeletonized. Um, Fred bribes him with four Scooby snacks, and Shaggy eats them before. Uh, thank you, Ladybird. I'm so sorry. Do you want me to move my dogs? Because I don't know if you're hearing those grunts this is No, this is a very dog-centric podcast. Okay. I'm not hearing any grunts or sighs. Oh, okay. Well, one but just I think happened. the dogs are welcome. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Except listeners. for my dog, because he's a jerk. Okay. <laughs> My dogs are not jerks. They're just slobbery. Okay. They, uh, Shaggy eats the snacks instead and goes in to investigate. And he totally breaks the fourth wall and says to us, like, there's times I'll do anything for a Scooby snack, which is, I don't know if that's him saying, like, he will pretty much give it all up for drugs if we assume that Scooby (laughs) snacks are drugs. Or he just is really hungry. He invites the other kids in when he sees there's, there's no apparent danger. But there's a book about using a crystal ball. And this leads them into all sorts of crazy leads. I mean, like you said before, the continuity of this episode is just kind of nutty. Okay, 
while they're apparently the science mm-hmm. of this, by the way, is called crystallomacy. Crystallomacy is that real? I don't think so. I think it would be crystallology if there was a science of it, because that's what the I'm on suffix it. means. Oh, thanks. Wait, Steven. hold on. I think they misspelled it on the show. Um, crystal gazing. Yep. Also known as crystal seeing, crystallism, crystallom, crystallomancy, crystallomancy. They got it Um, right. Gastromancy or spheromancy, which by the way, he makes the worst joke. It's worse than the shower joke when he's like, crystallomancy, never met her. I do know a crystal like Jacob. And I'm just like, (laughs) ugh. It's not a girl, Shaggy. Yeah. It's it's one of those weird things that we're going to completely misunderstand throughout the rest of the episode. Um, they are they get locked in to the place by the ghost, and Fred suggests that they tap on all the walls to find a secret way out. Because in Fred's world, every mausoleum probably has a secret passage for you know victims and sure. stuff to come in and out. Uh, uh, Scooby finds one and there's like lots of hijinks with a revolving wall and and maybe the kids are just so used to revolving walls and whatnot that they're just uh, assume that any walls that they're locked into will have one because they are not shocked by this um this is where we get the ethnocentric view of Hinduism and other religions and and things like that. Now, let me just put out there, I am not a big fan of people who do fortune telling and uh, palm reading and things, because I think you can really take advantage of people, especially if you're telling them, oh, you don't need chemo. I'm going to cure you by dousing you with this oil and reading your palm and, right. you know, et cetera. Listen to Ono, Ross, and Carrie for more. So I'm not a big fan of that. <sighs> but what I'm even a not bigger fan of is them mixing up that kind of stuff with Hinduism, which it's not. There's nothing like that no, in Hinduism that I'm aware of. So what they do is uh, Fred says, oh, we can learn more about crystal balls at the Swami place I saw. So apparently in Athens, they're like on that main drag, there's a... Uh, Swami place and it's called Swami's or something like that and it's got the big <laughs> uh palm on the front of it to show you can get your palm read here you know that that sign for crystal reading right and um inside it just looks like you know your typical standard set for for mystical stuff it's got like purple curtains and a, very fancy chairs and astrological signs painted on the lamp i mean it's very mystical looking nothing hindu about it but they keep calling it a swami who who's there so that that wasn't so great um have you ever had your fortune told or anything like that I have not. No, I never really put too much stock in that. Um, no offense to anyone who does. Um, I just, no, yeah, I never really did it. I mean, they did the stupid thing in, like, middle school where they, like, read your palm. Like, kids pretend to read your palm. They're like, oh, you're yeah. going to have 19 babies. I did that, yep. And it was, yeah, yeah, we've, we've all done that. Um, then they write, like, pen 15 on your hand and send you off into the school to make fun of you. Um, <laughs> was that just me? No? Okay, cool. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I once made the mistake of uh, teaching my older child the eye cup thing. And like, Uh, yeah, we laughed 
for like an hour and then he couldn't go to sleep that night because he kept wanting to tell that joke to everyone. Spell eye cup fans and you'll figure it out. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Steven finally gets it. I get it. I did it. <laughs> Pen fifteen. Ah, okay. Um, so the kids are like super pumped because they escaped from this cavern and or mausoleum, and they're like so happy as they're going to Swami's place, even though their friend is presumably also been skeletonized and they don't know where Sharon is. Right. And they've broken into the Swami's place. Oh yeah, that's right. They break into the Swami's place. And like, I get why Daphne's excited that Sharon's gone because competition, but everyone Mm -hmm. else, come on, Sharon, she's awesome. Okay. They break in. Swami's not there. So, you know, Fred suggests the B&E. Daphne knocks over a ton of stuff in a closet because typical Daphne. Um, And it all falls on Scooby and uh, including like a hat and some other stuff. A customer walks in and... It's the lady whose dog was taken in the previous episode. I thought the same thing. They were just like, we don't want to animate another old lady. So it's this lady. Well, this is my theory. That princess, her dog, the white poodle, never actually got returned to her. And um, she like ran off with one of the other dogs or something. And or I don't know, maybe the Scooby gang helped rehome her. And so she's trying to like communicate with the ghost of princess. Is that too dark? Is that darker it, than jaundice dude dying? It, yeah, well, it's dark. Okay, sorry it's, everyone. It's, no, it's, Princess it's is just fine dark. though. Yeah, <laughs> Princess is fine. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, it's a dark, dark show. It's all about ghosts and death. And stuff. It is dark, L- literally and figuratively. <laughs> right. Okay. So this is like another point where uh, the show presumes that when Scooby is all dressed up in the stuff Daphne dropped on him, that Princess's mom, the hoity-toity lady, can't tell the difference between him and a palm reader named Swami. Sure, that tracks. Okay, yeah, because when dogs are enclosed in this show, they look like humans. Let's go with that, and not that she uh, just assumes that men from India look like Great Danes. I think it's that in that she's supposed to be really old and nearsighted. Right. Or farsighted or whatever one would make her think a dog is a person. Okay. She, uh, uh, Shaggy provides the voice so that Scooby can pretend to read her fortune. Shaggy is terrible at this and she gets very offended. I don't remember any of the details. Well, of like- no, because he gives her false hope. What he's just he like, say? you will meet a man. And she's like, oh, he's like, I see you dancing cheek to cheek. And I'm like, oh, yeah. oh sweet old lady's uh-huh. going to meet a man. He leans in and he whispers in your ear, <gasps> what you're does standing he say? on my foot. Oh. And I was just like, oh, don't do that. Don't come on. And then she gets all peeved and storms out. Oh, but first she does a can- cartoon standard. She says, I want my palm red. And so Scooby, you know, grabs red paint and paints her palm red. Oh, God, I forgot about that. Blah. Sorry, everybody. Maybe that's the first time that ever happened, and it became a cartoon standard after this. Oh, maybe. It should never have, though. I know, I know. It's it's pretty bad. Okay, then, so she leaves, and we hear the tinkling of the door, but we don't actually see her leave. We assume it's her out and that no one else has come in, but we don't know. But then, all of a sudden, we see... Oh, it, 
we see the table floating and Ooh. we see the jaundiced ghost's head in the crystal ball. So Blue Boy, his head is saying, now you shall pay. And then the table chases them at high speeds all around. And it's like a really, really long chase scene. And they trick the table into flying outside, but it comes back in through another door. And let me just say, these special effects are pretty amazing because how can this table be propelled so fast plus with the dude blue boy's head in the crystal ball well i have a mental image of him actually like under the table squeezing his head through the crystal ball like looking through it and he's just like running really fast yeah but then i was like no because there's no feet so obviously this is early drone technology right i was thinking something with wires and they were going to explain later Oh, and these invisible wires propelled the table the whole time. But then how did it get outside and inside? So this is pretty spooky, folks. Scooby gets caught on the table, and then there's a big crash. And they see the underneath of the table, it was all propelled by like a uh, three-quarters of a foot big fan. Powered by two D-sized batteries. I mean, that that would lift a table with a heavy crystal ball on it. And a Scooby. Oh, yep. Don't forget him. Yep. That makes sense. It tracks. Totally tracks. So in this universe, batteries are amazing. And uh, women rejoice all across the land. If you really think about it, though, Mm -hmm. batteries are amazing in in general. Tell us. Like, I I sound like I've had, like, a couple (laughs) Scooby snacks. But... Batteries are fast. They're fascinating. They, I don't know how they work. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm stupid. I'm just like, but if you really think about it, batteries, fairly amazing technology. Okay, let's think about it. Yeah, they're these metal canisters with magic juice inside them. Well, it's it's electricity. I'm not that dumb. Well, but- <laughs> no, but I mean, they wear out. I mean, isn't it like something liquid in there? No? It's acid. Liquid electric magical acid. That sounds like that's, a good that's album the name. name of my '90s grunge band. <laughs> Liquid metal—I already forgot it. Liquid metal, electrified acid. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I am doing the like hang loose sign here. And that is banging. not that is not quite what I think <laughs> a grunge band would would go for but uh, anyway uh, i'm doing the running man is that right is that yes is that that's, that okay. was i remember in the video for smells like teen spirit everyone was Who's doing, doing the, the running, running man. man perfect okay um they okay they see suitcases in the corner um okay so th- presumably this ghost is they now know, oh, well, this ghost is using batteries, so not really a ghost. Um, but there's no one under the table. They think they're probably alone. They see suitcases. And so, of course, they decide to open up these suitcases. And the very first one is a professional makeup kit. And then they see a closed-circuit TV camera. They test the camera and discover that whatever they film with a camera shows up on the crystal ball. It's all coming together. It is. It is coming together. Isn't it great that they randomly saw that book and thought, I also noticed a swami place. Excuse me. I also noticed a swami place down in uh, downtown Athens. Let's go there. And while they're there, also this table is totally primed to spook them. And that blue boy set up all this. I mean, anyway, yes, quite fortuitous. Um, well, that's because he's the worst villain ever. 
Yeah. Literally every every note after this until my last like big shocker where I figure out more about my love child theory. Um, <laughs> every note between that almost a page of notes is just like, oh my god, it's unbearable to watch. Like this guy is the worst. He's clearly not smart. He's scared by his own props. Dear God, why? Like just like over and over. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they they come up with a plan, and let me just say, this is the best plan the kids have ever had, because it actually works for, like, the first time, and probably one of the last times ever. But you don't get to hear what the plan is until after the commercial break. You start. If someone said to you, Mark... What is the Station Wagon Podcast, that show you do with your sister? What, what would you say? Our show's all about mindfulness. That's too vague, specifically. Outcomes. Yeah, okay, so you're always right and I'm always wrong. Okay, perfect. But more specifically... God, taking a look at those things that we take for granted, giving them up for a while, and telling you how it goes so you don't have to do it. Google us, the Station Wagon Podcast, or at wagonpod.com. That's the commercial break, folks. But we're back now, and uh, we're back at the Kingston house. Remember, the fabulous Kingston... Oh, wait, what'd you call it? McKingston money bags? Um, I think you called him Hot Daddy McMoney. Like, oh, I- okay. Mick, we're at McMoney Kingston... Mick, you are more clever than me. Okay, Kingston house. Anyway, Scooby's carrying a big chest on his back, and Shaggy's saying hey oh no they're not the kingston they must be at the weatherby estates okay yeah, shaggy the weatherby estates. yeah announces ghost we brought you the fortune <laughs> because <laughs> <Sure>. apparently, <laughs> yeah like i said hidden gold it all fits in this big chest so the ghost is like oh great great glad you got that because i really don't want to <laughs> have to keep chasing you guys because i got a little bit of indigestion here i mean he just constantly looks like he just ate at a buffet and like he really got his money's worth. Um, the ghost oh, opens those are up. Good memories you're bringing back right now. <laughs> the ghost. I don't know. It's about lunchtime, so I'm just like, mm, I'm hungry too. Buffet. Yeah. I'm giving up sugar for my other stupid podcast. Gross. I'm so hungry. Sugar's the best. It 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 will hurt you, but it's the best. Like it makes everything taste better. Why am I doing this, Mark? Okay. Anyway, the ghost opens the chest, but it's a jack-in-the-box. I've been tricked! And then another chase scene. And it's like, the chase scenes in this episode are really, they just seem extra long. They trick the ghost into punching an anvil. Oh, (laughs) yes, they did. And at this point, I actually felt like, okay, this man has a broken hand, clearly. Because for the rest of the chase scene, the ghost is just like, ow, 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 ow. That's what I wrote like, Help too. This poor man. <laughs> He's moaning about his hurt hand for like the rest of the chase scene. I I will allow that this is a cartoon, so they're allowed to have random anvils around. Like I think yeah. that's okay in cartoon world. Just like in cartoons, it's acceptable if you're falling that first you're stuck in air until you look at the camera and then you fall. Right, that's and you hold totally up a sign normal. that says like Yelp or something or right. Gulp. But like I, I I mean it makes sense if you really think about it but I do think in real life at least for me I have a 3 anvil limit per home. Oh. And so like here we have we actually only have 2 because we're poor and we can't afford our 3 yeah, anvil. Yeah. But uh, I, I definitely use the one in the spare bedroom. It's how I get those good, good arm workouts in. Ooh. And then uh there's one in the kitchen and I use it to chop meat on. Yeah, so. Now I can't tell if you're joking or not. Because that sounds, I mean, like, legit. 
I mean, maybe I'm not. Oh my gosh. Meddling kids, let's all take a road trip to Charlotte so we can see Steve's anvils. Okay. Because now I really want it. sounded one. oddly menacing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little scared now. Okay. Sorry. We're not going to do that, everyone. We, we, Steve needs his, Steven needs his privacy. And I'm sorry I called you Steve. What the heck was that? Yeah. I am not a 47 year old balding man. Um, Is that so what I, you think Steve's are? Well, growing up, my friend's dad was named Steve, and he was like a mid-40s balding man. So anytime I hear Steve, I'm just like, that's what I picture. And so like when people call me Steve, I'm just like, please no. Like, okay. I'm not there yet. Maybe in like another 15 years, I'll be like, all right, I can go Steve. I can go Steve. I'm really sorry, Steven. Please forgive me. It's okay. I'm just going to start calling you Jules. Uh, see, I like that. All the Just don't... Okay. My brothers call me drooly. So if you really want to get on my... Well, actually, I kind of find it endearing now. So <laughs> Oh, you. Oh, dang it. I was going to say you've revealed something to me <laughs> that I will use against you for the remainder of this podcast. If you really want to get me, you can call me Snarla. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. Going to need some backstory for that. Maybe <laughs> off mic, but... Okay. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um... So they punch an anvil. He punches an anvil. He's moaning about his hurt hand. They use the photo equipment to trick him into chasing a projection of Shaggy. And like Steven, with an N, mentioned that like, yeah, this ghost is so, or Blue Boy is so dumb. He's tricked by his own stuff. He's not like, and also, of course, the kids are immediately experts at using all the equipment. He thinks this place is now really actually haunted. They also show a projection of Scooby, which is gigantic. And he thinks, oh, yeah, that's totally a thing that happens. I'm scared. And now (laughs) Sharon is with them. Do you recall how Sharon got loose from her gag and tied up to a chair by her hands and feet? I don't. I don't remember. Did she? I don't know. They never explained it. She's oh, okay, cool. just there and she's she totally escaped and and now she's just kind of hanging out with them and we have no clue. That's why I'm like, I want to know more about Sharon. Like she's hardcore, super amazing. Uh, they She says, he's going into the secret room where he had me tied up. So like she somehow got out and she's just awesome. All right, where Sharon was, the Blue Boy now sees Uncle Stewart's hipster skeleton. And now Blue Boy is completely freaking out, and they drop a net on him uh, and completely trap him. And that's the end of him for a while. But they okay. tie him, or they don't even tie him to a chair. They just have him sit down, and he's like, eh, don't worry, I'm not going to move. Because, ugh, I yeah, I'm just, I, I have true. an issue with this. Oh, oh, you do? Tell so, us. So, <laughs> okay, spoiler alert. Blue Boy is hipster Uncle Stewart. Right. Why would he look at the skeleton of hipster Uncle Stewart and be terrified like, oh, God, is that me? Oh, yeah, good Like, point. he's really not the brightest villain that we've had on this series. <laughs> Maybe that's a skeleton that he had stolen from the mausoleum, and it's like actual someone else's remains, and so... He's like, oh, their ghost is now haunting me. That could be a thing. Okay. He is a dumb, stupid guy. But he did have some cool special effects. Okay. So the dad is back. And he's looking very relaxed with his... Daddy McHotPants is back and looking very relaxed with his unlit pipe. (laughs) Calm down, Julie. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> the gang in front of the dad cleans off the jaundiced ghost. And Blue Boy's face is Uncle Stewart because underneath that blue makeup are his hipster glasses and his not Van Dyke beard. Which makes no sense. Why His glasses were covered by the makeup? Like yep. what? Yep. It's very impressive makeup. It was a professional makeup kit, Stephen. Oh my god, I forgot. Of course. So, I forgot that Weta, the guys that worked on Lord of the Rings, were helping Uncle Stewart scare small children. I don't That was some amazing trivia you pulled out there, by the way. That was awesome. Yeah, Weta Workshop. They do some incredible work. You should really you should look into it. Okay, well we'll look into that. Okay, we get a bunch <laughs> of exposition to tie it all together because there's a few loose ends here. They explained he wanted the family's fortune. He had taken Sharon hostage because she saw his wig fall off and she knew something was fishy. So why is she surprised now that underneath Blue Boy is Uncle Stuart? I don't know. So Sharon says, but how does the Swami fit in? Excellent question, Sharon. Again, I'm telling you, this girl's got some brains in her. Velma says, what better way for a swindler to disappear? What? I don't even know what that means. I don't. I still don't know how the Swami fits in. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. So by the way, Swamis, I Googled it. It's a Hindu... Honorific, meaning it's like a term for someone who's very learned, who's like a master of something, who's either mastered learning or some sort of spiritual thing. They can be a spiritual leader or just like an important person. So not a swindler. They don't read people's palms in Athens, Georgia. Well, I mean, maybe some do just for fun and to, you know, anyway. Okay. Generally, they've renounced material possessions. So in fact, like the exact opposite of uh, blue boy. Okay. Dad announces uh, it's time for dinner while they wait for the sheriff. Because, again, Athens, what the heck is going on with your sheriff department? They're still waiting. But Scooby got to the dinner first and ate it all up. And during this entire scene, Shaggy, uh-huh. his hair is blonde. What? Who else's no. hair is blonde? Fred's Fred. hair is blonde. Which <gasps> just goes on to prove that Velma and Fred had some sort of weird relationship. Oh They're gosh. clearly 20 years older than Shaggy. Yeah. Shaggy is some sort of like overgrown child. Yeah. And that he is their child. I, 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 the defense rests. I think you've proven your case really well. I threw my notes very aggressively. <laughs> I mean, I'm it a was the scared. last note though, so it's okay. Okay. That was pretty amazing. I think that after that, we really have no more questions about this episode. You pretty much summed it all up in that uh, closing argument that there's nothing left to be said. Sure. I could be a lawyer. Yeah. Oh, totally. You pretty no, much are already. I mean, that that was, I think, as good as a Juris Doctorate. But we do have a question from another lawyer. From, Ooh, is it Olaf? Um, it's Olaf. Olaf asked a meddling question. Um, he wants to know why our episodes for this podcast are longer than the actual Scooby-Doo episodes we're reviewing. All right, Olaf, <laughs> why don't you step back a little bit and get out of my face? Um, we enjoy talking about Scooby-Doo. If that is something that threatens you, I'm sorry. Um, we could talk about Scooby-Doo all day. Sorry, Julie, for accosting your husband, Olaf. No, it's he deserves every bit of that accostation. I don't know. Accost, 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 accost,
Yeah. Hey, Olaf, why don't you weigh in and give us some synonyms instead of bashing the podcast? It's long because there's a lot to talk about. These are complicated concepts and theories. and We, we... like the sounds of our own voices. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Okay. So he's just lucky that we're not also doing like a play-by-play of the entire chase scenes. I mean, that would make this podcast extremely, extremely long. Plus, we have to have time for uh, ads for the Humane Society and other podcasts and things like that. So, you know, don't blame us. I just have to find some ads and then we'll be good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, by the way. Uh, thanks, Humane Society, for sending us that ad. It's really cool to uh, get to help you all out with your important mission, and we're, we're glad to have you here. Okay, so thank you, Olaf, for your comment question. Um, uh, listeners, if you send in meddling questions, we'll be nicer to you than, than to Olaf. I have his unconditional love, so I can kind of mock him a little bit. It's okay. Yes. Um, you can email us at meddlingkidspod at gmail.com, or you can tweet at us at meddlingkidspod or join us on Facebook. Absolutely. And we want to say thanks so much to, I can't say words, to Dave Says Tay. That's his name. <laughs> he made the music. Yeah, dance. Um, for the... <laughs> I don't know what that was. Dance, dance. I love um, it. But thanks to him for the use of the song Night Surfing as our theme music. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, yeah. And check out our other shows. Uh, Steven is on Is This Adulting? It's fantastic. And I'm on the Station Wagon Podcast. And we'll be back next time with episode seven, Never Ape an Ape Man. Which I'm already going to say is the worst title for a television show ever. Well, okay. iTunes got it wrong and their description was never ape and ape man. And I was super confused. That's worse. But never ape and ape man is pretty bad. But in the meantime, please rate us and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for doing that. Absolutely. Well, I think, I think on this kind of super long episode but why not (laughs) Um, of meddling kids that's gonna that's gonna do it for us yeah that was my big middle finger to Olaf (laughs) is we we went a little longer than even usual so how you like that Olaf next week three hours on never ape an ape man so get ready it's just yep it's gonna be that and a serious breakdown of the planet of the apes trilogy the new ones um yes yeah let's do that uh no we will not do that okay but that is going to do it for this one and this episode of the Meddling Kids podcast. And as always, listeners, I really, I, I, I don't watch you as much as I probably should. Um, I have no clue what's going on in your life, so I really don't know what you did this week, but you would have gotten away with it if it weren't for us meddling kids. Hope your day is furry and frightening. That one was kind of cute. Yeah, good dogs, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you didn't get it. <laughs> you know, dogs. Dogs. <laughs>